But we went where the money is. We did not sit there and wait. We didn't let it take over our lives. We took charge of it and moved forward. It was a very good opportunity in reality. We work with brands all over the world, and we design and manufacture branded jewelry for them. Like, you know, if you see you see a woman on the red carpet, let's see, Charlize Theron, Kate Hudson, these women, they're wearing jewelry that I made. However, the brand that works with me, they, you know, when Jennifer Hudson says, oh, well, where'd you make, who, whose earrings are those on the red carpet? They don't, they'll say some brand. Wow. Well, the brand works, for, works with me. We stand today. The Business Method. The Business with Method. The, shadow. the Business Method. The Business Method Podcast. The Business Method Podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, welcome to the Business Method Podcast, where we examine the different methods, tools, and tactics of high-performance online entrepreneurs and high-caliber people in a series format. Our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that had built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we are interviewing 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that generate a million dollars or more in annual revenue. There's a growing movement of people building these caliber of businesses and we wanted to get behind the minds the logic and the science of what it takes to build a business like this we've had some incredible guests like bobby edwards the founder of squatty potty who built a 35 million dollar per year company with just 17 employees and jp sears the youtube superstar whose videos are going viral all over the internet i'm your host chris reynolds and we hope you enjoy the show the business method Hey listeners, welcome back to the show. Today's guest is Greg Buda, and this show is the second part of a two-part interview. If you haven't listened to the first part of the interview, be sure to check it out. If you're returning, welcome back, and let's jump back into the interview. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics. What do you What do you enjoy about the jewelry industry, Greg? I like the design aspect and the engineering aspect. That's really fun. They're like we, we're, we're constantly drawing things and printing things and putting things in CAD CAM. And a lot of times, I mean, anybody who uses those tools in any industry, you know, a lot of times it looks good on paper and then you print it and you're like, oh, that, that's never going to work. Um, you physically, it's like building a building. You have the architect has to kind of think through all these little things. And that's a big part of the, of the, of the, of the aspect I like in this industry. I also like the operations management. I'm, I'm the operations manager at, in the company, and um, I kind of keep the ball mo- moving. We've got orders of with different due dates and deadlines and different carrots of gold, different diamond quality. We've got many, many things. I, I kind of like keeping all the orchestra organized and the things flowing the way they need to be flowing so that we hit the due dates that we need. I can't stand the HR side. Jeez, man, I'm getting over that. <laughs> I'm really getting over that. Uh, my, yeah, so that's that's my joy. So, so how much? Like, I don't know how you would measure this, but uh, the quantity of of jewelry that you guys would produce in a month or a year out of your factory. Good question. I mean, good good question. It's a, uh, I get there's there's two ways to answer it. There's a revenue question, and then there's a unit. Let's say unit, or, unit. Yeah, so so you so units. It's, it's a tip, it's a tougher question because like just today, I I I shipped six pieces mm-hmm. about three hours before you called me. I shipped three pieces. Now those three pieces took us about forty five days to manufacture. 
very difficult, very large pieces of neck. And it's the same style. It's just necklaces and bracelets of the same casting. However, there it was one and a half kilos of gold, wow. which is what my which is which is what the the weight that I exported this after which will ship which will export a couple of hours. But um, you know those six pieces were my invoice that I sold to the company and they're in St. Louis. That's uh, fifty nine and a half thousand bucks. Wow! So it was a great. It's, I, I do production for this man all the time. He's got a couple of stores across the or a couple of he's in a couple of big stores. But now I've got other companies that I manufacture for. They make you know tiny little bands that have maybe twelve little diamonds on them. But I'll do thousands and thousands of those every gotcha. you know in in a month. I'll do a thousand of them. So during the Christmas buildup, I'll do hundred of just constantly working on those things all the time mm -hmm. and um then it slows down in the summer everybody in my industry takes a month off like that's like the thing <laughs> that i did it real life. <laughs> um and and how do you ship you know if you're shipping off two and a half kilos of gold jewelry mm -hmm. i'm sure there's a shipment company that you use not just yep. regular um wells fargo or, or uh, um, dhl right Correct. There, there's, there is a couple of different versions, and the one that the company that we've chosen is Brinks. And Brinks, yeah. I, I use FedEx as a carrier. We, a lot of us use FedEx as a carrier. That's a, you know, obviously it's another veteran-owned company, which is also cool. And, um, uh, but we, we, the, the carrier is cured carrier within there called Brinks, and um, I, I can insure the package 100% through Brinks. Um, so if FedEx loses it, I'm okay. <laughs> That's good. Um, now we were talking earlier before we started recording. I mentioned that I, I have a friend that used to, um, take jewelry to America every weekend and, uh, with a briefcase handcuff to his arm to, um, yeah. to, you know, New York or Sao Paulo or, yeah. or wherever yeah. and then come back to Italy. Uh, and you mentioned you, you had a couple excited, exciting stories in the jewelry oh, industry <laughs> i wonder if you might so, share it one or two so yo I, I, I there's one that's fun uh and it splits off to a second one but the the, the one that's really interesting that I, is when i started the company first of all you have to keep in mind that because i'm a foreigner in this country banks don't give me i don't i'm not we don't have the ability to buy a buy property i can't buy a house that i can then use for collateral i can't buy a building that i can then use for collateral now, there is a way, but you have to be as a board of investment. It's, it's a hundred, a lot more money than I got right now. But, um, but for to set up a company, you, it's basically got to operate out of your pocket, which is what I, I did then and I do now. Um, so I would get an order from my customers. This is several years ago. I, how I do it, I would get an order from my customer and I would have to go buy gold. And you would, and at the time, I, you know, I didn't have the relationships where I can just, you know, have, you know, get online and then transfer the money from my bank account to the gold company's bank account. I didn't have those relationships in place yet. So I would, I would get an order. I need, I need to go buy a kilo of gold, which at the moment's, you know, in the low $40,000. So I would go to the bank. I would take a, a walk. I'd put my little Jansport backpack on with my mace, my little or pepper spray thing, stick it in my little Jansport. And I get in a motorbike and I drive to the bank. And this is a taxi, a motorcycle taxi guy. I mean, mm -hmm. they're, they're all over the place here. And, and these guys are like a little mafia network. They know what's going on. They know I'm a foreigner. Obviously, I'm a redhead with a beard mm -hmm. walking out of a jewelry factory. 
and then I hop on a motorbike and then I go to the bank. Right? So <laughs> I do this shit like all the time. And I walk into the bank, I say, thank you, because I want that man to go away. However, these guys are all paying attention. They're all talking. So I go into the bank with an empty backpack. I walk out with a brick, a million and a million and a half bot uh, is, is the size of a toaster. Physically, it's yeah. the size of a toaster. And I would take that freaking toaster and stuff it in my Jansport, walk out of the bank. <laughs> and now I have a lump of freaking freaking bread in the back of my damn backpack. And I flagged down another motorbike taxi who would then <laughs> drive me to the gold shop. And the gold shop is a gold refinery, so they sell bar. So I walk up to the gold bar and the motorbike guy draws me off in front of the damn gold shop with a <laughs> lump in my backpack. And so I walk it. So I tell him to go away. <laughs> I'm trying to stay well ahead of him. You know, I'm be super smart. Mm-hmm. And then he goes away. I go into the gold company and they, you know, buy a kilo of gold. Well, now I got a big kilo lump of gold in the back of my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> so then I buzz back to my factory as fast as I can. Mm-hmm. Man, I did that for so many years. That uh, finally, when we got online banking, it changed my. I mean, I would like literally, you could see the gray hair coming out of my head when I'm like, shit, I got to do this order. I want to do this order, but I get, I'm going to go risk my life. First of all, riding a motorbike around here is dangerous. Pen- right, right, right. Yeah, right. Check, right Chris. <laughs> yeah. Driving around, people kill themselves or fall off, rip their <laughs> legs off. And it's terrible. So, uh, and I mean, if I fall off, it's a, it's a win win for everybody but me. And, uh, <laughs> So then, I mean, I'm driving around town. I'm looking like a you know sore thumb with a red hair, big old white face on me, a beard. And I got this pepper spray in my pocket. So one day, I'm reading the newspaper, the Bangkok Post, and the, the, the freaking Bangkok bar girls, all the lady boys and little bar girls, they wanted the government to allow them or to issue them these little lipstick pepper spray bottles to protect themselves for weirdos trying to take advantage of them. Mm-hmm. And um, – I'm reading the article like, wow, this is crazy. It's sort of like a, it's like a problem that these guys are dealing with. And then I read it, and I said, and the government said, no way, girls, you can't have that stuff. First of all, these are illegal to be prostitutes, but that's another argument. Um, <laughs> the the article says they said no because the government considers pepper spray to be a weapon of war punishable by ten years in jail. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit! I'm driving around town with this thing sticking out of my shirt like a or by the, by the strap <laughs> on my jeans or like a freaking periscope. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I, I'm, I just feel very lucky that I never got in a wreck, never got robbed, and uh, it's a testament to the Thai people. They're actually pretty good. Yeah, um, or never, they know what I was doing for sure. I never went to jail for walk. I threw that shit right in the river, literally. Get it out of my <laughs> The Thai people are very, very nice and kind people and respectful people from my experience, for sure. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Well, all right, man. Um, uh, A few questions on life philosophy. I know you mentioned you're into yoga meditation. Um, I want to ask you about kind of the the warrior fighter spirit that you have and then uh, maybe some other fun stuff. But um, you mentioned earlier in the podcast that uh, when you – went into the military, you wanted to go fight. Like you were, you just had this, this spirit in you or you were ready to do yeah. that. And, and I feel like I have a bit of that. Like I, um, I did, I never wanted to go into the military, but I do Brazilian jujitsu and I just absolutely love it. And when I'm not doing it, I think about doing it and think about, you know, when I'm on the street, I walk down the street thinking about, you know, if somebody attacks me, how can I take them down and control them and this sort of thing. And, and just really enjoy that, that fighting spirit. I'm curious, um, from your perspective, 
Can you define that in words onto what it is and what it means to you? Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to my back. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> um, so like I said earlier, I mean, I went in there into the Marines with a chip on my shoulder. Um, I, I truly believe that uh, because my, my, my own father died when I was a kid, I really thought that, uh, you know, the epitome of a man was the Marine. So, you know, every John Wayne movie I've ever made and all the war movies and, um, you know, just my thing. So I, I, I really wanted to go serve and fight and, um, like, you know, physically gunfight and fight. And that was my, uh, what I wanted to do. Keep in mind, I was also 114 pounds. But that was <laughs> those, those days have long changed since then. But um, I ultimately started to use that fight. I was able to channel it, you know, big kudos to the core for that. It was to channel that energy into the right place. And that's, that's I mean, the, the, the fight was, you know, working hard to be con- and, and be quite competitive to myself. I mean, other guys are, are you know, they're going to do their own thing, but I was quite competitive and I am still quite competitive with myself. And I, and I try to continue to prove to myself what I can do. And I try to overcome the weaknesses that I still have every day. And I believe that the, again, the chip on my shoulder, um, I don't want to get rid of it. I like it and I want to keep it there. I want to cultivate it and I want to continue to let it use, uh, to, to sometimes let it take over me so that I, when I get weak, it's there to help make me remember where, uh, you know, where, where I come from. And, and that, uh, I'm only here once on this, on this earth. And I, I, I don't want to be lazy and I don't want to give up and I don't want to stop learning and I don't want to succumb to the couch, yeah. which is always staring you down. It's funny. I also do jujitsu. I'm, I'm, I'm suffering at the very moment from a, my my left side of my neck is killing me because we were doing Americanas last night. Mm. Nice, man. Very cool. How long have you been doing jujitsu? Uh, about a year. Yeah. Um, yeah. We go, when we're up in Chiang Mai, we go, there's this really great trainer called um, Chiang Mai. I think it's just Chiang Mai Jiu-Jitsu. This guy there mm. named, named Shane. And uh, the way... Uh, I have a friend that lives in Chiang Mai and he's a purple belt and he goes and trains with him a lot. But um, the way that the, the, the guy can articulate, because I, you know, I've, I've trained in Rio and kind of all over the world, wherever I'm, I'm traveling around, the way the guy articulates um, the positions that you should be in and describing it, it's very mm. clear and very good. And one of the best teachers that I've found just because, you know, the way that he communicates on, on how to move and what you're doing correctly and what you're not doing correctly. It's really great. So if you're ever up in Chiang Mai, check them out. Chiang Mai Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, I believe the name of the, the place is. So will do. Um you you run your business with your wife, right? Yes. How what uh, are what are some things like um I run a business well, I, I'm an entrepreneur and have my business and live with my girlfriend. She's an entrepreneur, has her businesses, and just in that lifestyle, like it brings up challenges um, but I'm curious, like, how do you, how do you guys handle um, problems and challenges in your uh, relationship and in your business, um, and continue to grow together and continue to grow the business together? Great question. Um, I will, I will honestly say that we've had a, we had a, we we've had a discussion, and from time to time we have to revisit that discussion. That it is our business, and um, but decisions aren't made 
always through committee. It's not as good that way. So what, what she does is she runs the design and customer relationship management and gemstones because she's a full gemologist. And um, so she has her areas of expertise and that she's solely responsible for. I can always throw my two cents in. She always asks me for my two cents, but the decisions lie with her. My responsibility is operations, diamonds, um, and uh, getting the production management in and out the door. So she depends on me and pricing and invoicing and all that sort of stuff. She depends on me to do my thing so that she can do her thing. They do overlap, and sometimes we'll butt heads on it. Um, like she, she may she may start working with a new customer that I'm looking at her saying, babe, we're not making enough revenue on this customer, and they're taking all your time. Back them off. And, uh, and, and she, she may be emotionally attached to the client. She may see opportunity. She's on the phone with them and all these, she's got the relationship building. I'm seeing the data and that's where things can get a little complicated, but we've been together since my first duty station in Africa as a Marine security guard, uh, which is you know, a little bit over 20 years her and I've been together. So our shorthand is, uh, we're getting there we have trust. I trust what she does. She trusts what I do. And most of the time, most of the time, it works out pretty good. <laughs> choose your business partners well. People who don't carefully choose their business partners, it doesn't matter if you're your wife or your girlfriend or you know somebody who brings money into the game. You can really ruin your life oh, yeah. with the wrong business partners. And you know, a lot of guys go into it willy nilly. I watch, I watch like you know these TV shows from time to time. You know about like they they they, they you know they, somebody's got a great idea, Shark Tank or something to that effect. They've got a great idea, and then they go and they immediately like say, hey, they stick their hand out for revenue, which is strange, and then they immediately lose a big part of their business. And now you got to work with these people. You don't yeah. know if you're going to like to work with these people. It's it's and they'll, they'll, obviously they'll, those guys on a TV show, they're probably stand up people and they're professional and they're organized. But ninety nine percent of the rest of us, we have to go find people to work with, and um. You know, it's it's a lot of informal handshakes, and I don't do that at all. But um, I've seen many friends, especially in this town, lots of entrepreneurs in this town, where they hook up with the wrong people, and then it's some some sob story and uh, something from everybody, something for everybody to learn from. Choose your partners really carefully. Yeah, I think it's key to to happiness and fulfillment in life. Like your your mm. your, your relationship partner, your your best friends, you spend time around the most, your your business partners. If you're not scrutinizing those people that you allow in your life uh, in fine detail, you're going to end you, there's a good chance you'll end up with a person that's just going to add more drama and troubles to your life and and add more stress to your life without a doubt. I can't I I can't agree with you more. I mean my wife Emma, she she's from Ireland. And um, she went to a really great university where I went to a really – I should never have gone to college, but I did <laughs> on, my, on my GI Bill. And so, I, again, she sees the macro. She sees the things that I don't see, and it's her strength. If it was, everything was my decision, man, we'd have invested in a serious radio a million years ago and have been broke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, but, no, she, she sees the bigger picker and I, um, where, where she doesn't see the small stuff like I do. It's just a good handshake. Have you ever read the book The Way of Men? No. Uh it, it's a it's a it's a controversial book. I you know some guys really love it. Um I'm kind of torn on it, but one thing I did really get out of it is that he has a really great process on um 
measuring, engaging the people that you allow in your life. And um, it's a thorough, thorough, you know, because we can all really maintain about 150 relationships um, at one given time. And but our core relationships, right, are like five for the the closest people. And um, he has a process you go through and you measure each relationship. And and what I realized when I was doing it, I have a uh, a friend that was loyal and always there for me and always had my back and always coming to supporting me in business and always traveling with me. And I didn't really even consider that great of a friend until I went through this measurement process and realized, holy shit, this guy's like one of my best friends and I didn't even know it. And then after that, like it's, uh, it switched my relationship with him. And now like I include him in everything I put him, you know, I think of him first whenever I'm going somewhere, doing some business, you know, opportunity or whatever. And it, it's changed kind of our relationship. It's made us grow together, but I had to go like work through that process, which took like an hour and a half of just like measuring and scrutinizing friends. So, um, anybody listening, like it's a, it's a great, uh, uh, process to go through. It's a book called the way of men by Jack Donovan. And so it's a decent read too, kind of controversial, but decent read. Um, Okay, one more question. You're into yoga, yoga meditation, right? Yeah, I spend my uh, my I spend my 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 free time if I'm not you know doing crazy stuff with my son um, or my wife. Um, I like I do like yoga meditation, and I do like uh, uh, vipassana meditation as well. I spent um, I was, uh, not too long ago, just a couple of years, a few years ago now, I think I. I I took off to southern Thailand and I took a 10-day meditation retreat where there is no talking for 10 days. You, I, you sleep on a um, like a straw mat mm-hmm. on a concrete bed with a wooden <laughs> pillow and um, uh, you wake up at like 4.30 in the morning and you eat one vegan breakfast and then later you eat a vegan lunch and that's it for the day. And in between there, you're meditating from about – 530 in the morning till about sundown wow. and then uh it's constant just just you're in your head it takes a few days literally three days to get through the the flurry what they call kind of monkey brain where you're bouncing around from all it, 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 the freaking laundry the truck needs like there's a squeak in the back tire <laughs> to work constantly work thoughts to how do i grow this business and um and then after about three days you, you all kind of quiets down and um, and not to mention the muscles in your legs kind of <laughs> relaxed a bit, but um, ten days of that was quite interesting. And I, I highly recommend um, any man or woman out there to give yourself that time in your life at one point. Ten days is quite a long time for yeah. no talking. Yeah. But um, but it is so amazing what it does to your mind and how you can close your eyes, breathe in through your nose. And just blink out and then concentrate. It's a nice little reset, and it's a tool that I have in my own toolbox. That uh, it took a maximum amount of stress. I told my wife, like, when I told her about three days before I decided to go. I was like, babe, I gotta go, man. I gotta go. I gotta go do this thing. It's speaking to me, and she's like, okay. <laughs> what? So, what do you like? There's no phones. There's no books. There's nothing. You just, oh, wow. you're just in your head. What do you? Th- what What would you say was the biggest thing you got out of that? Good question. I got out of. Well, that's a really good question. I, I, I 
I got out of that. I was focused on a lot of the wrong stuff. Um, I needed to give myself a little bit more time instead of the continual race of what I, what a lot of us do. And um, when I pump the brakes, give myself 10, 15, 20 minutes almost every single day, if I, pretty much every day I do it, um, to meditate, it really gives me a nice squared away balance. And it makes me feel so good. And I'm really ready to deal with the next 24 hours and with a kind of a balanced approach. I'm more calm. I'm more collected. And I feel a lot better at, uh, because now I've got that tool. Yeah. I, I meditate every morning too. And I think like absolutely game changer for me, you know, yep. and um, recommend anybody try it out. I haven't done the 10 day silent retreat yet though, but it's on my, on my bucket list. I'll do that one of these days. <laughs> I'll send you the link. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, Greg. Um, I think we're going to wrap it up there, man. If the listeners want to reach out to you and learn more about what you guys have going on, where's the best place they could do that at? Thank you very much. So we, I own uh, a jewelry brand called the Jewelry Republic. Um, it's Jewelry Republic is uh, on Instagram, the Jewelry Republic, Facebook, the Jewelry Republic. The website is Republic. If you're looking for a birthday present, an anniversary gift, uh, uh, yourself, to buy yourself a ring, and that we, we are a veteran-owned and operated jewelry manufacturing company and jewelry brand, and we're trying to elevate the stuff that we buy within our community and the people who aren't military who buy our stuff. We want them to have a place to go where they're, you know, they're, a lot of civilians love to buy our stuff, and I want to uh, – uh, we're in that space, and uh, – we make really great stuff that is on point and very because of the you know like I said earlier about the red carpet. We know what's going on. We're we're not dated, and it'll just continue to change. So that's how you find me. Any question you got, I don't care. You don't have to buy from me. Call me. Say, Greg, how much money do I spend on my girlfriend? I'll tell you the answer to that question. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, no problem, man. I'm I'm here. I'll answer your question, but I'll help you out. That's you don't I think a lot of people have that question. A lot of guys have that question. <laughs> they do. They do. Right on, man. Well, Greg, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us, and we appreciate all your 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 fun stories and fun jokes. Um, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you for having me. I'm honored, and it's great to have met you. And I look forward to seeing you, I think, in October, November at your uh, Chiang Mai event. Yeah, I would love to have you come, man. Um yeah. We'll talk more about that after the show. But um, listeners, we're going to wrap up there. Thank you guys for joining us once again, and we'll see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Hey, listeners. Thanks again for joining the show. We wanted to remind you about our Get Shit Done one-on-one productivity coaching that we recently just launched. What we do is work with you to create big business goals that are absolutely game changers. We make a plan together and put you in our productivity hacking system that helps you stay on target. Each week, you get a call with yours truly about what steps to take for the following week. Some say it's like a year of productivity in just three months. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com forward slash coaching. Thebusinessmethod.com forward slash coaching.